Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, everybody. So true. Perspective changes so many things. And uh, the only part I would maybe add to that is, you know, just because we, on the Lord's side, we're trying to bring everyone back to the Lord's side. So take over, what that looks like for the kingdom, is take over looks like standing in the gap for the guilty and the innocent and trying to bring reconciliation to a world that so desperately needs it. And so when we gather here today, that's what we're all about. We're all about life change. We're all about each person, no matter what your background is, no matter uh, what you're trying to do in life, that you can belong and you can exist and hear the all ever present, changing, transforming message of Jesus Christ. And so today is a day that represents that. Yeah, man, we got to get some emotion. So I'm feeling that, all right? So I've been thinking, we're thinking, man, do we turn up the lights a little bit when I get on stage? I'm not sure. Do I, do I jump down? Do I tackle people? I want you to be free a little bit, okay? There's something about mid-Michigan that I've noticed. Mid-Michigan is kind of just like, because we're cloudy sometimes, but we just kind of carry this like rough, it's nothing like Philly in the East Coast. I mean, they've really like got this rough thing. But you go down the South, you know how everybody's like happy-go-lucky? Like, what's up? Hey, brother, what's up? Chick-fil-A. And we got a, Chick-fil-A just came here, so we got to bring a little bit of the South here now, okay? People are so excited about their selfies. I just got my lemonade. I just got my this. It's like, come on. Like, I haven't seen that much activity for, like, the gospel, right? But I'm not knocking. But, like, Chick-fil-A is awesome, but, like, something has to happen today. Like, I believe that. I want power to be exchanged today. I want something so powerful in my heart and your heart that I just don't want to be the same. So if you came here to play a game, like you picked the wrong place to come. So we at least got 30 minutes that we can get it on for Jesus, right? So we're about to. So you better turn up, get ready. God is going to do something unstoppable today in our spirits. We're going to go to John 20. We're going to look at an individual that I think we can all relate to. When we look at Jesus, it's kind of easy to discredit and discount and be like, well, he's God, man. Like, I'm not God, man. How do I have God, man? I'm not God, man. So Jesus does all these remarkable things, but he's not here helping me every day. We're going to look at an individual that walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, saw the miracles Jesus did, gave sight to the blind, even raised the dead, stood in the gap for people that were outcasts, said, let the kids come to me. This Jesus was so remarkable that this individual was following them, going from place to place, like, Jesus, where do we go? Like, wherever you go, like, we will die and go with you. This is the type of posture of this person. Loyal, committed. Well, something happens in the midst of adversity where they start to re-question everything. Because when you get hit by a storm, the first thing you're going to do is go back to your belief system and your roots. You're going to find out how strong you are. You're going to think, hmm. What do I really believe? It's going to be discouragement, confusion. So Jesus goes to the cross, and he's dead in a tomb. He's raised from the dead, and he's seen by some of the followers. But he wasn't seen by Thomas yet. So Thomas wants some more answers. I think there's a little Thomas in all of us today as we're going to look at John chapter 20. Before we do that real quick, uh, last week was remarkable. We went to Florida, 
and we just missed the hurricane. And it was crazy because people were like praying for you. I hope you're okay in the hurricane. And my heart was torn because it's like we were okay, but someone else wasn't, right? Isn't that just so fascinating about life? Like we're fine, but they're not, or we're not fine and they are. And it's just constantly like, how do we rejoice with those who are rejoicing and cry with those who are crying? And really, I think it comes down to running our own lane and being very sensitive in tension towards each every other lane. Not discrediting. Now, we do live in an information society like never before, where you can turn on www whatever, and we're always getting bombarded. So we've got to be careful because there is bad news everywhere. There's a bad report everywhere. And in fact, the media gets more clicks. It's proven that if they post something bad and make it look worse, we were, when we were in Florida, they played one of the clips of what was, this is so cool because it was a church in Florida, right? And everyone was freaked out. They're, they're driving to Tampa and stuff. But the church, they, they, they were at least kind of uh, zooming out and saying like, look, what is true? Now, what's true is Haiti got really hit. But the way the news was talking in America was that Florida was just devastated. In fact, there was a, there was a sentence where a, a Fox News broadcaster was, says, if you don't leave, every one of you will die and your kids. Mic drop. And it went to the next segment. Like, yo, that's what we're watching. Like, you thought that was real. Like, yes, there was danger. Yes, there was threat but not to that magnitude for that particular region. Now, you could say, well, maybe they were trying to get the point so deep across that they would heed and take a warning because they love people. Though that may be true, but they also love clicks. They love viewers because they can sell advertising. And I'm not saying that the heart is, is, is so bad that they're trying to lead people astray. What I'm saying is there's a system, there's a worldview that you and I are subscribing to and God is trying to shift our perspective. And it always comes when the storms hit. When the storms hit, it really raises things to the surface. Where am I at? What do I believe? The storms hit in this particular situation. Uh, to conclude this, Florida, we had a great time. It was awesome. Came back. I heard Chanel did amazing last week. All the dream team, you guys, it was amazing. And so we flew back uh, Sunday night. We got home and it was great. And this week's been a whirlwind. I'll share a little bit of that. Uh, John 20. Jesus appears to the disciples, and on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, storm, fear, afraid. Anyone ever had any fear? Come on. Am I the only one? False evidence appearing real? I've heard that faith doesn't mean it's the opposite of fear. It just means that we're exercising belief in a higher power in the midst of it. And so it's not that we're saying that fear should be eliminated. And I think that's kind of the uh, picture we begin to paint and feel when we think happy-go-lucky Christian. If we're always trying to do kumbaya, then we don't realize that there's people going through pain. People are feeling fear. Jesus, even when he's sleeping one time and the disciples are in the storm, they're like, don't you care about us? We're going to die out here. And he wakes up and he calms the storm and they're freaked out because like, who is this that even the storms listen to him? And you, I was listening to a sermon about this and thinking, well, if Jesus loved them, why would he even put them in the storm? They didn't know who they had with them in the storm. The one, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of everything. Who do we have with us in our storms? The author, the finisher, the perfecter of everything. 
And though he's sleeping, it is not a mockery that he doesn't care. And that's why he probably got up so intense was not that he didn't care, not that they, um, it's the fact that they wondered if he cared in that moment. And so he exercised his power. He exercised, oh, you have little faith and power took place in that moment. They saw that. And now, even after seeing all these things, here they are locked in a room. They are afraid of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, I love that it says the doors being locked and then Jesus stood with them. Sometimes I'll reference like Marvel movies and stuff. Because what context do you have where Jesus is just showing up in locked rooms? Besides watching like a sci-fi movie every once in a while. Do you realize how amazing and powerful God is when we hear this stuff? That is the same supernatural God that wants to show up in your locked doors today. He wants to show up like, just pow, I'm here. But you got to believe. You got to believe that he can knock down the walls. Get out of the cage. Let's go. Let the king out. There's a lion and there's a lamb here today and it's beautiful. So Jesus came and he stood among them and he said to them, peace be with you. So many times throughout all of scripture, we hear God respond to people in fear. Fear not. Peace be with you. Can you hear God saying that to you today? Fear not. Peace be with you. When he said this to them, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I love uh, the submissive heart of Christ. He's always exercising. You know, you have um, the triune God, which is one of the most you know, remarkable mysteries. God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working together in unison, all perfect, all fully God, all fully real, all fully present, but all fully displayed through the Son, Jesus, that God is pleased, the Father is pleased to display all of his glory through his Son. And in his Son, and then how we treat, how we handle, how we believe about his Son is the critical element of all of history. He's still the most debated, the most hated, but the most celebrated. And if he was just a mockery, if he was something to just be discredited, and if he wasn't something to actually consider for ourselves, then why do people get so intense? And why does their blood boil the most when it comes to Jesus, the one who said, peace be with us? Like, what Jesus are they thinking about? Or is it possible that there's two kingdoms and there's another ruler and Satan is constantly trying to destroy people? So listen to Job on the way here and just how God allows Satan to basically start wrecking Job, everything but Job. And Job feared God. But there was a battle taking place in that moment that God allowed the pain to, to be present because he realized there would be glory that his son would point to him in the midst of, in the midst of. Peace be with you. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, obviously, right? Like our hero is here. The king is here. If you can think back to those moments when you were a little kid, and you were with your parents. You felt so strong when your parents were around. My kids sometimes come in the storms. They'll be like, can I sleep in your room? What they don't know is this. I'm not any stronger. I might be able to carry us a little ways. But if it really hit the fan, like, I mean, what? I could carry what, two kids on my shoulders for how many distance? Right? Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, well, man, if they're scared, if it was really apocalyptic type event, like, I don't know how much time I got. We got, like, maybe two days worth of ravioli. 
Um, I got like, you know, a box of the water, you know, because I, you know, uh, you get shared on so much doomsday stuff. So for like a week, I was like, man, I should at least buy some water. You know, I'm a bad steward. You better get some gasoline if a crisis hits. And it's crazy because what happens is, is that that is wisdom and that is true. But you know what it's a lot of times motivated by? Fear, preservation of life. We have true life. Like, you can't kill us. We've already been dead. We're alive in a whole new life. Like, if we gain the whole world, we've already got what matters most. So we don't care. We don't want to lose our lives in that nonsense. And so, yes, we plan. Yes, we prepare. Um, this is a quote that really has driven our life over the last few years. It's live today like the last, but prepare for forever. So it's not either or. It's a third way. It's both and. We're preparing, we, we, we're, we're fully invested for generations to come, but we're also like, come on, like, seriously, Jesus has us. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. The Father has sent me, even though I'm sending you. And when he said this to them, he breathed on them and said to them, God, that's my prayer today, that he would breathe on us and say stuff to us. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Wow. That's some power now the disciples have, that they can go and forgive and exercise. Do you realize the unstoppable power that you walked into today that you possess? Do you realize the specific abilities you have that are unique, that are only rights and privileges for a king's kid, the royalty that you've been empowered with, you remember, you probably have never known the uniqueness of your true identity. And those that are walking identity, you know it's more and more, it's more and more, it's more and more. I want more and more. This week we hit some adversity and we were thinking through, and I, one of the things, um, our core values of City Life is we thrive in pressure. And we don't thrive in pressure because we're good under pressure. We thrive in pressure because Jesus overcame everything. And he tells the storms, peace, be still. And so it does something to my mind. I'm not even thinking it. I'm not even feeling it. But I thrive under pressure. You'll believe your voice more than anybody else's voice. I think we could exchange some words today with some different kingdom verbiage, with some verbiage that is empowered by receiving the Holy Spirit in you and letting the flesh go. 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 Like, be gone. Like, let it pour. I can feel it like burning people right now. It's just like, it's like a, you know, it just like doesn't want to go. It's like, oh, it hurts so good, but maybe I want it. Just one more look, one more look, one more look. It's almost like Lot's wife. God's destroying a city because the sin is so bad and he's going to save some people and she just turns around because her heart's so pulled to it. You ever had your heart so tied to sin that it was so pulled that you just wanted one more look? I have. It's the worst feeling ever because you know there's freedom. Like there is freedom and this is a lie. There is freedom. We want freedom today. We came for freedom. More freedom. More freedom. More freedom. We came for more freedom. Verse 24 continues. Now Thomas, okay, this is where it gets super real. Just had that interaction and saw this beautiful moment. Jesus is telling peace. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You know, just go around and go tell all of the homies, the 12, the disciples. So maybe you don't like uh, homie verbiage, but for some, just so you know, they don't understand a word disciple. Okay. So if you don't understand a word, here's one thing I encourage, whether you don't understand either side of it, a contextual for 2016, or also a word that is super like Christianese, 
there's a great thing. You can do anything in this world and learn anything in this world. You know what it's spelled? G-O-O-G-L-E. Google. It is powerful. You can learn anything. Verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told them, we have seen the Lord. Shouldn't that be enough? Shouldn't that be enough? Your friends said, we've seen the Lord. Still blinded by the doubts. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into the side, I will never believe. Wow. I will never believe, Thomas says. You ever talk to someone about Jesus? And they say, unless God does this, I will never believe. What are the prayers for you that's kept you with Jesus? Is it things like this where God showed up, he showed up in your room, and he's given you signs and wonders, and he's put you on this journey, but there's still a couple benchmarks ahead. There's a couple checkpoints in the journey, and you're like, unless God does this, I might opt out then. So I don't care if we've been walking with the Lord for 30 years. A lot of times there's still these lies in us that unless God does this for me, I will never believe. That's how people can turn their back from God. It's because something happened in this life when he didn't promise us that things would be perfect. He promised us a permanent kingdom that was perfect and that we would be kingdom agents and power through it all here. So we have the very present power of the Holy Spirit rooted through his word, filtered through his word. I think there's some I will never believes today because I think um, I've seen them firsthand in my own life and I can't imagine that you don't experience something similar. You know, this week was very interesting because it was come back. Florida was amazing. Getting ready for the Dreamcast. We're going to share some amazing information today. It's cool because it's some change. And change, there's a quote that we'll be sharing at the Dreamcast, and it says that um, change is inevitable, growth is optional, but for, for, for any situation, we overvalue what we have, and we undervalue of what could be. And so in our life, as we experience change, I think that's very good, that we Remember, whoa, I may be overvaluing what I have and I'm undervaluing what could be. Because if God's the author and the orchestrator of all things and he's leading and he's guiding, he's the one behind change. And we're mad and we're like, why? Or why? That's why he compares us to sheep because we need a shepherd. (laughs) And we've gotten really good at being the kings of our own castle because we drive our own cars, we pay our own bills and then we've just fit God in on Sundays. And we might fit him in throughout the week and we just tell him a whole bunch of buts. I can't do that, but I can't do that, but I can't do that, but, but, you know, right? And then what happens is you see it all the time. Like a 65, seven-year-old, someone on their deathbed, they're crying, tears of regret, and they're saying, I just would have wished I would have given more. I wish I would have gone more. Like a life fully activated for Jesus is the best adventure ever. I was talking to someone in Florida and he said that, um, I was like, man, God takes care of the birds. He'll take care of you. He goes, you don't realize how prophetic that is. God always shows me birds and I'm always asking for security. And then he texted me this week, was like, a bird almost hit me in the face. Like, I just gotta trust God. Like, I pray a bird hits you in the face because you gotta trust God. We're always negotiating with God. I will never believe if this. Carlos and Jessica met here um, on the dream team serving one day 
and they got married. It was the first wedding we got to officiate at City Life this weekend. It was awesome. It was outdoors. The weather was perfect. It was beautiful. I remember when Carlos first saw her, it was totally creeper. He was like, he's walking with me, and he's like, he's like, yo, who's that girl? I'm like, I go, literally, I stopped. I put his, my hand on his chest. I was like, dude, do not talk to her like that. I was like, I was like, get the swagger. Like, if you say hi, maybe in a couple weeks, like, don't go up with the whole Jesus told me you're my wife thing. Like, slow down. <laughs> and he did go slow, but he did, I guess, uh, tell, tell her early on, like, I think I'm supposed to marry you. <laughs> and God, that one turned out right. Because there's a, probably ladies in the house tonight, or this morning, that are thinking, uh, yeah, someone told me that, and it turned out very bad. Guys, that's not the greatest pickup line, unless it really is true. Um, so you got to wait. Maybe watch the movie Hitch. Does anyone watch the movie Hitch? Got to have a little technique. The truth came out eventually, what his real feelings were, but... And they got married, and it was awesome. But in the same moments, Friday morning, I found out that my brother was crossing the street at Cedar Street, and he got hit by a car, and they called me, and they said, hey, uh, you got to get up to the hospital instantly. Um, we don't know how severe it is. And the police had called my uncle. I don't know how they got his number. So my uncle called me. So I rushed up there. And, and so I'm walking in and they, um, they're, they're like, they have a hidden patient. So if you're in trauma, they don't even identify you. So they're walking me back to somebody that I'm kind of giving clues about, right? And I got one sibling, okay? So I got one brother. And so it's deep, right? And, um, and he's went through a lot of different things. And, and of all things to, to, to kind of find himself in the hospital with was just walking across the street. I just wouldn't envision that. And so I, uh, they're, 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 they're like freaking out. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, so I'm, do I freak out as much as they're freaking out? Like this, is, I, I don't know. Like, so I just said, hey, uh, they're like, how old is he? I'm like, he's 32, dark hair. And, and I, so I finally just asked a question. One, is he alive? He's like, yes. I said, two, is he so mangled that, I, that you can't see? He said, no. I said, well, dude, I'm a pastor. Can I go in? And so at that point, he realized that I've been in situations like that and not anything to brag about. Like, those are the hardest moments. They say when you enter ministry, you're front row to the best moments in people's lives and you're front row to the worst moments in people's lives. And then when it's your family, it's even harder. So I walk in and sure enough, it's him and they're, and they're, they're getting him ready for, uh, they're gonna take him to brain surgery and he's had two brain surgeries the last couple days. And so right before their wedding was... Um, uh, me downstairs with my mom and my grandma and my brother getting ready to go to surgery. Oh, and little Jerome Cyrus, because he's been doing hospital visits with me since he was like two. And so he's up there praying. My grandma first sees him in there praying. She's like, you can't let him see this. I was like, no, 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 no. Power of God. This kid has it. We're praying. We're here right now. And so we're there and she's like, oh, she was loving it. And so we're down there. And, the, and then this, this surgery team was focused Okay, this was specialists. These people were lasered in. They believed in what they do. They, they, do. they exercised their belief. Like they are so focused and so committed. They were just memorizing everything on the fly because it was uh, an emergency situation for the second surgery. So to get a blood clot out and uh, to get it down to help to, uh, you know, alleviate the pressure. And so they, they say, tell my mom, hey, do you want to kiss him? And I'm like, whew, like, right? They're, they're, they're being great. Like, they're coaching. They're like, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to do this great. We're going to, you know, give us the attaboy. And we'll see you guys in the waiting room. And, and, uh, but then the last second, they're like, hey, do you want to give him a kiss? And I was like, whoo, this is getting really real, right? So my mom, she's freaking. She's ready to pass out. I'm almost ready to pass out. But I'm like, right, we're going to pray. So we go in there, and I just grab him, and then I pray. And I just get on my knees, and we just start praying. And right there with all the surgery tech and everyone, and it was just this amazing, powerful moment that you could feel the presence of God in the midst of a crazy storm. You could feel him. You could feel him. 
didn't understand it all. It's not how I would have wrote up the game plan. But you could feel his power there. And so the surgery was successful. They, um, uh, so for that one, just to remove part of the scalp and then help there alleviate pressure. And, and right now is critical moment and today and tomorrow as far as like how much the, the brain will swell. And so we were just there today praying and we're gonna be there later praying. And, 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 and the point is this, is the point is God was present in both situations, the wedding and in the hospital on the 10th floor in the neuro ICU. And on the neuro ICU was, we were not the only ones there. There was family, 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 all going through similar stuff. There was story, 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 all going through similar stuff. It was just so deep, so raw, so real. And Jesus is Lord over both. And Thomas has this, this, this um, condition before the Lord and his friends. I will never believe unless. You guys, let's eliminate those thoughts. Because here's how Jesus responds in that moment. He responds in verse 26, eight days later, his disciples were inside again. So there's some time. Thomas has probably been wrestling the storm. Well, God, you're not answering. You're not showing up. You did for them. You did not for me. You ever felt like that? You did it for them, but you're not doing it for me. Playing the blame game comparison. Like God has shown up in all of our lives in this place in some way, shape, or form. We are blessed. If he doesn't do another thing, he's done enough. He's given himself. Eight days later, and he comes inside again, and Thomas was with them, and although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, isn't it cool, like the exact same kind of setting? Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The purpose of this book, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you and me may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. What changed with Thomas in that moment? He experienced the risen Lord. What did the risen Lord tell him? He said this, blessed are those that won't see, that won't touch, and yet believe. So if it was a conspiracy theory, this would be a great point. Well, of course you'd write that in the story because he's not going to come here and he must not be here. No, no, no. I think it's even more beautiful because I remember 2002 when I'm hearing about the cross and I'm hearing about an individual that gave his life. He stood in the gap for my sin because I knew I was guilty. And there was something so beautiful that happened. I saw Jesus for who he was, the risen king. In the same way that sin entered the world and now we experience death and pain, I love that God sends his son into the world to experience death and pain, but then shows that he's triumphant over it by him raising from the dead. And then appearing to people. He said that the power was so just like all contagious that even there was tombs in the city that saints were there resting. Bow, they came alive and they started walking and people saw other people raised from the dead. It ripped down the veil. It ripped down the curtain that was in the city so that there was the most holy place that now we had access if we would just believe. Intimate access. 
Intimate access that isn't even based upon our conditions of what we see. It's based upon a true reality because we learn this. The things we don't see are what is most true. It's eternal. That's what's true. Because that's what it really means to be a king's kid. It really does. There's just no other way around it. I wish there was. It would be easier. We'd have more friendships. We could talk about different things and it would be easier relationships. There is, there is only one thing that will last forever in heaven and those that put their faith in Jesus Christ, period. And I'm confronted with that, looking at, you know, obviously my brother, and then I'm confronted with the beauty of the wedding, and I'm confronted with all these situations, but the, the truth is both true. Like, one day we will um, be wedded with Christ, the bride, the church, and then over here that pain has no victory, and death has no sting, and that God has all healing and all power, and we will all be raised in Christ, right? Like, that's what it's about. So Jesus is unstoppable, period. He just is. He's unstoppable. He's going to last way, long, like way longer than you and I, way through any change, way through any pattern we say of God, will you only show up in this way and I will believe you if you do this. But he's going to be unstoppable regardless because he is who he said he is. He's alive. He's true. And I pray this, that you would put your faith and your trust in him. And if you've known him for 30 years, man, rip down every checkpoint that you need in front of you, like every barrier, because you can exchange all of these little lies that are ahead of you for greatness. We exchange sin for freedom. We exchange disbelief for radical acceptance and belief in the one who loved you. We exchange like insecurity for identity. We exchange like power outage for inexhaustible supply. We exchange bread and water and this earthly that just is temporary and that we're always thirsting and we're hungry again for something that we can thirst no more and be full forever. We exchange having no home for a permanent home forever. Jesus is unstoppable. So the question this morning is, do you believe? Do I believe? Like for real, when the storm hits, do we believe? And I'm not saying we're gonna fake it. I'm not saying we're gonna act like, you know, but I'm, what I'm saying is that we're gonna like rally around each other on what is true. We're not gonna mock God. We've seen him show up so many times. And we're going to run the race. And we're going to let our leader lead us and let him guide us. And we can't love like him. But when we let him in, we can love like him. I was talking to a friend of mine whose child has had some serious complications for the last two months. They've been in and out of the hospital right now. They're in Ann Arbor. And finally, their prayers got to this. Because after you're doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks, like... It's like, okay, you got every prayer channel, every prayer line, every word, every, you know, right? And, and I was telling him about my brother and he's like, and I felt like the Lord told me this, just pray the next step. I was like, show me the outcome, God. He's like, pray for the moment, the next step. So the surgery. Today it was, they told me, hey, that the brain pressure needs to come down. I'm like, okay, that's the next step. Boom, Jesus, let the brain pressure come down. They're like, oh, I don't know if he can hear you. I'm like, that's interesting because he didn't move his hand, but he moved his hand when I grabbed him. So, you know what I'm saying? So there must be something happening here. And there's power like that, right? Like something happened. That was a little glimpse that moment. My son started talking to him. He moved. He didn't move for like the 20 minutes and we were just sitting there watching him. But then we started talking, engaging and exercising the power and new authority that's straight from heaven. Like that raises people from the dead, right? And so we're just, the next step. That's all I know was just pray the next step. All right? So I don't know outcome, but I know this. Pray the next step. So God was changed. The next step. I was talking to my friend and he said this, this is their prayer right now for their son. And it was his prayer. It says this, Jesus, we know who you are and we trust you. Like that was the prayer. Amen. I think that's a great prayer for all of us today. Jesus, we know who you are and we trust you. 
That's it. Like, there we go. Like, Jesus, we know who you are, and we trust you. Jesus, thank you, God. We know who you are, and we trust you. Thank you, Jesus. We know who you are, and we trust you. And here's why. Because you are unstoppable, and that is not meaning you. That is meaning him. Jesus, you are unstoppable. Thomas went on to dominate. And I'll read you about his life. So he went on to preach the gospel in regions today that would be like Iraq. And finally, Thomas travels to the east coast of India, preaching relentlessly. Wow. One interaction with Jesus and he gave up everything. And he was already with Jesus. He just needed another power. Bang, he just needed an interaction. I pray that's what's going on today for you. The tradition tells us that he's thrown into a pit and then pierced with the spear. And that's how he died. He who had so fervently proclaimed his unbelief carried the Christian message of love and forgiveness to the ends of the earth in his generation. That a Downing Thomas would come into a dangerous believer for Jesus Christ. And that death had no more sting. So God hears your, your prayers. He knows your pain. He knows your situations. But we can trust him. And he is truly unstoppable. And so though we don't see everything we want to see, and sometimes we'll be celebrating and we wish those moments would t just last forever, um, they don't on this side of eternity. But we're going to enjoy both. And we're going to sing through both. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because we're just going to keep walking and trust our Lord. We make complain sometimes along the way, but like, oh man, we'll just repent and say, God, we trust you. We know who you are and we trust you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this room. This room's the real deal. You brought them here. It's people that are just, wow, I didn't realize like Jesus was this raw, this true, this all-encompassing. I thought he was kind of like a badge. You wore him so others could see him. But he's more like your heart. If you don't have it, you're done. And so I pray today that we would lose our lives to find it in you. And that we would gain something so powerful because what happened on the cross and the resurrection changed everything. Game changer, power. And the Holy Spirit that we have today, we ask that you would lead and guide. For those that need to feel to be breathed on by you, they would feel the Holy Spirit entering, engaging, and leading them as they make you their Lord. So Jesus, have your way for real. Take all of us, every part of us. Don't leave us the same. Raise us up to be truth carriers all across this world. Help us love the city one life at a time. To see the parts of Lansing and the stories in Lansing that people are so quick to be filled with disbelief that that could never change. That house could never be made right. That neighborhood could be never be made right. God, you changed Old Town. You brought, you brought businesses there. Used to be the worst part of town, some would say. God, you can do whatever. I pray that you would use us for the kingdom, though. 
that people would feel life and light and love and happiness. And that as we enjoy Chick-fil-A's along the way, as we enjoy some healthy banter over sports or politics, really we would just point though ultimately to the one, the great leader, the great chief, the great king, the great president of presidents, the one, the only, the unstoppable one, you, Jesus. Thank you. Let your mercy fall down upon your people today, that your kids would believe again. And as they have fear and they try to um, be there to protect their kids, they try to protect their environments. And really, it's we're, we're, we're trying to do everything to per, per, uh, preserve life and protect it. I pray that we would just let go and let you lead it. Period. And we say, we trust you, God. Wow, that's an uncomfortable prayer, but it is, it is great because we'd rather be in the middle of a storm with you than be on the beaches with the enemy. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.